My name's Sean Brooker. I'm um, honoured to be able to share with you this morning. One of my uh, roles that I have, which is uh, super important, is of course a husband and a father. Father's Day is coming up, and Jay, you're going to love it. Uh, anyway, it's someone who has been there before. And um, I'm also a principal of Hamilton Christian School, which is a, an amazing place where we get to disciple young people, um, teach them maths, and help them to see what God's created them to be, and to hopefully see them outwork that. So I'm involved in education, and um, I know in education, one of the things that we need to do in a lesson is to help you understand what the journey will look like, so you don't get bored and wonder where we're going with it. So for those that need to know where we're headed this morning, there's three parts to my message. The first part is I want to unpack just a little bit about something that's happening in education, which is, I think, has application to the church, to me. Anyway, God's talking to me in this. Uh, and then I'm going to look at uh, our series at the moment is called, wow, both of you are amazing. It's called Closer. Okay, there's going to be some involvement from you today. So first part, what's happening in education, which applies, I think, to the church. How do we get closer with God? And then I'm going to wind it all up and hopefully mix the two together and, and help you see how the two have application. So education is a, is a fun place to work, and I think one of the most funnest places, uh, parts of that as a principal is, uh, put your hand up if you have been through a school before. <laughs> Come on, you've got to do better than that. Like, there's going to be harder questions later. Put your hand up if you've been to school before. Everybody's been to school before. So everyone has an opinion on how a school should be run, <laughs> which is always helpful. Anyways, the... Education is changing again, and uh, I, I met, I was away just recently uh, in Australia and meeting, I had a conference and meeting with some people over there, and I came across a guy, um, John Eckert, who I, I count as a new friend, and I look forward to uh, getting to know him better, but he's an educational academic based in Baylor University in the States, and he used to work for the Department of Education in the US, and he, and he recalled a time when he was working in the Department of Education, and an education senior came to him and said, oh, John, I think, I think we need to decomplexify the whole system for teachers. And John, as an academic, scratches his head, and he's like, decomplexify? Like, Do you mean simplify? <laughs> and, and, and the academic's like, absolutely, yeah, simplify, that's another word. And he goes, well, I don't think the first word actually exists in any dictionary. So, and, and it's one of those fun places to work where... Uh, we've been decomplexified all over the place, but it's the ministry sort of looking at things and trying to make us feel stupid by inventing new words that we've never come across before. So hopefully somewhat decomplexifying getting closer to God today for you. One of the things that is happening is there's a new curriculum coming, which doesn't mean a whole lot to most of you, but what is happening is the way we measure success in school is changing. And what the government has um, determined is that we will be looking at, if we go to the, oh, it's on the board there, know, uh, actually understand and do, if you go to the next slide, it's, it's the new way that we measure success. So if we think about that in logical terms, there's a difference between knowing and understanding, and there's definitely a difference between understanding and action and doing. Is that right? So, so for example, as a rugby player, a former rugby player, I've got to get that language right, as a former rugby player, I did not have to understand all the nuances of rugby. I needed to know the rules, what are the boundaries that I get to play in, and I had to have some skill. 
unfortunately, I only knew the new the, the, the rules, and that's limited me. But I knew the rules, and I could play within those rules. Now, if I was a coach, I would need more than just knowing the rules. Is that right? Because a coach takes the game, and it looks at the people in front of him or her, and breaks the skills down into meaningful chunks that create a progression because they understand what is needed to a different level than just knowing the rules. And then, through that understanding of the game, the action is that hopefully the team gets a whole lot better. Wow, you guys are good. Welcome. (laughs) Another thing we do at the Christian school is that we do scripture memorization. I see some students here. So we have a verse. One of the verses that we learn in Scripture memorization is James 4.17. And it starts with, He who knows the, the good, they... Anyone know this one? All right, fail. Okay. Anyone who knows the good they ought to do and does not do it, Sins. Yeah, you guys are all welcome to come to school anytime. So anyone who knows the good they ought to do and does not do it sins is is a verse that we get the kids to memorize in in our school. Now, we don't do that because we think it's a great way to ruin their day when they get it wrong or to give them extra homework. The reason we give them memory verses is not to understand how words can be sequenced in different ways. It is so that it will lead to a bigger understanding of who God is and how he calls them to live. So it's not about, is it in the head? He who knows the good they ought to do doesn't do it sin. Oh, that's amazing. What does that mean? I don't know. That's not the point of a scripture, is it? That's not why God gave us the word. It's for us to be familiar with texts. It's so that we can take the text and embed it in our, that we will not sin against them. And that it will lead to life Everlasting. Another understanding of no understand and do is um, John 3.16. Nobody got saved because they could recall a few words that says, For God so loved the world that he, lo- he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believed in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's not the point of it. Memorization and knowing something, it is Rather than understanding, for me, it's that word belief. Like, like honestly, do, do you believe that God so loved the world that he gave his only son? Well, if you do, there's a great reward. And it leads to, so I know it, and I believe it, and it leads to a change in doing, in our actions. And so a lot of times you've probably come across this whole premise of head, heart, and hands. And the idea is how much stuff do we bring into our head and we filter. So not everything that goes into our head makes its way to the heart. It just doesn't work that way. But hopefully, the meaningful stuff makes it there. And when it gets to your heart, the purpose of it being in your heart is that it will lead to something that happens with your hands. So let's have a look. At the next slide, so park that. I see we're going to talk about what's happening in education. Now we're going to look at some ways that we can grow deeper in our understanding of who God is. So the first way that we can do this is through reflection. So we're talking about, in our series at the moment, how do we grow closer to God? Is it worth it? 
Of course it is. Reflection is this. It says, take time to reflect on your thoughts, your actions and intentions. Engage in introspection and and evaluate how aligned they are with your understanding of God's teachings and principle. Examine yourself. Psalm 139, 23 to 24 says this. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Why would he want to know that stuff? Like we serve a, a creator who, who didn't put us here and say, see you, when I, see you when you die, did we? Like he wants to be part of what we do. And when we have these anxious thoughts, it's not about, well, you know, all the best. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. We can draw closer to God by taking time. Be still and know that I am God. It doesn't mean just pray. It doesn't mean just get deeper in his word. The first part is the reflection. Have you set aside time to be with your creator? To listen to him? When I was in overseas just now, one of my favorite things that I did to to do this is uh, there's a song by the Fearless Band, first service, I forgot the name, Fearless Band, and and it's called Holy Ghost. And I would just walk around Melbourne City with my noise-canceling headphones on, listening to Holy Ghost. And it says in that song, it says, come fill this place. And, and it was my head and my, and my body and my soul. I needed Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost in me. And it didn't matter that I was in the hustle and bustle of Sydney or Melbourne. It was because I was taking time to be with him. Right. And here's the point. We talked about artificial intelligence was, was one of the headings before. Like, when I say, and you agree with me, Put your hand up. Who thinks that a good way, who already knew a good way to go grow closer to God is to stop and reflect? Who already knew that? Come on, there's a few brave souls out there. Like, like we already knew that. This isn't like rocket science, is it? I'm not some big theologian that's come here to tell you any new revelation. Have a think about last week. In knowing what we know, what behavior was activated last week where you can look back at and myself at the same time? And I can go, that is when I stopped and reflected. The second point. Uh, these all start with R, by the way, just to make it easier for us. Um, there's some adjectives just to make it work. But anyways, uh, regular prayer. Develop a consistent prayer routine to establish a deeper connection with God. Set aside dedicated time each day to communicate with him, expressing your gratitude, seeking guidance, offering praise. Prayer helps to cultivate a personal relationship with God. First Thessalonians 5 says this. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will 
for you in Jesus Christ. Who knows, who knows that you can create a deeper bond with our God through praying regularly with him? Who knows that? Talk to your neighbor about the time you set aside. No, don't do that. It's not conference workshop time. It's, it's just, but seriously, think about last week. Let's get down to where the rubber hits the road, knowing that, which we have been affirmed of as we've gone through this series just recently. Like what action happened last week that reflected that? Was it enough? Point three, this is a surprise. Deep, deep. You want to grow closer to God, read your scripture. He wrote a love letter and he said, look, I'm going away, but here are some instructions on how to live together and here are some instructions on how you will find completeness in your life. He didn't disappear and leave us here to do it. He didn't write something that says, like in the first 15 centuries, this is what you need to know. The next 15, you need to know this. He, he wrote a timeless scripture that is for us. Yeah, yeah, right. Joshua 1.8 says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Oh, that's a bit challenging. Yeah, Joshua had way less to do than me. Like He didn't understand social media and the impacts of that in my time. <laughs> So that you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. Then you will be prosperous. That sounds like a good idea. And successful. Oh, okay. So you've given us a book that helps us navigate this world. And that leads to great promises. I want to give you an analogy. Because, you know, we talk about this. Like, put your hand up. Who knew? uh, Who would have thought? But who knew? Reading God's word to you is a good way to grow closer to him. Yeah, 100%. I knew that. Okay, so how do we do that? Um, One of the things that I liken this to, have you got a bowl of fruit at home? Does anyone have a fruit bowl at home? Okay, most of you do. Um, Who knows that when fruit is complete and whole, men and children do not eat it? (laughs) Did you know that? But, but if, if, if you want fruit to be eaten, like you cut it up, and there's nothing that says eat me like a bowl of cut up fruit, is there? Men, put your hand up. Who, who, who eats cut up fruit? Yeah. It's the same thing. It's just cut open. How about God's word? Like, when you, who's got a, oh, I'm going to just assume you all have a Bible at home. If you don't, you can grab one. We all have a Bible at home. Where is it? Because a a Bible on a shelf doesn't get read. A Bible that is open gets read. I mean, that's like mind-blowing. But what if your Bible was out on the bench... And as people walk past and it's open like cut fruit, and it's open and you go, oh, I wonder what, <clears throat> I wonder what mum's reading today. I, I wonder what God wants to say to me today. And, and, and the word is open and it's an invitation. Right. Yeah. 
knowing that reading the scriptures helps us to grow, grow closer to God, what did last week look like? And I'm not talking about word of the day. I'm not bagging it. But are you going to the source and letting the Holy Spirit bring learnings to you rather than reading about someone else's learning about the source? Does that make sense? Like, I, I, use that as well. Like, get challenged by other people's thinking, but, but just because God's challenged them in a thought and there's a verse at the top and this is what it means to them, don't deny yourself the opportunity to go to the source and let the Holy Spirit work in you and through you and challenge you and bring personal revelation. Open Bible. Close Bible on the shelf. So, the interesting part is this. If we go to the next slide. I know that you think I'm amazing because I'm the principal of a school. But I didn't come up with these ideas. Put your hand up if you've heard of ChatGPT. I, I know all the students are going to put their hands up. I know this. Yeah. Yeah, savior. Um, so, ChatGPT is artificial intelligence. It's not a theologian. So I went to ChatGPT and I, and I typed these words in. Give me three ways, starting with R, that help me draw closer to God with Bible verses to support each point because I knew whoever was marking this would want it to be grounded in Scripture. <laughs> I'm not stupid. I've read your essays. Anyways. It didn't take conviction. It didn't take walking a deep path with my Lord to work out these things. But for all of us, we've sat through a series on growing closer. And the the challenge that I've received from this, and I'm talking personally, is in that series, what has changed in my walk because of it? Exactly. Yeah. Wrong version of chat GPT is what I would say. Anyways, you need the, the redeemed version. Um, so many times we think about these things and we go, if only I had the time. Like, isn't that the truth? We, we look at this and we go, oh, what? So, you, so we should be reflecting every day, journaling our thoughts journaling what God's teaching us, spend time in his word, spend time in prayer. Like, our lives are so busy, aren't they? But, but we have the same amount of minutes in the week as each other, and it's not about busy, it's about prioritizing. Yeah. So never, ever use the excuse you're too busy for something. In fact, any time you do that means that you aren't managing yourself well. But it is never an excuse that you are too busy for anything. It's just whether or not it's a priority. Who knows, again, knowledge, who knows that one of the ways we lead a healthy lifestyle is that we do exercise. 
Does anyone know that? Yeah. In knowing that, who became healthier? You know, I, I, you could even buy a gym membership. You can pay the gym membership. And if you don't go to the gym, you don't become healthier or stronger. You can have that thing on your the tag on your key ring. And you can have, I go to Strongman's Gym t-shirts. And unless you go to Strongman's Gym, whatever they're called, golds or whatever, unless you go to and do the exercise, if you don't do the action, you don't get the reward. So we can know this stuff. It doesn't change our actions. You have to deeply believe it, don't you? You have to wrestle with it and go, this is a priority or this is not a priority. As we conclude closer, you have to wrestle with a question. And that is, um, do you now know, or have you just been reinforced that, and this is myself as well, um, that it's a good thing to grow closer to God? As a Christian, I should grow closer to God. I should deepen my relationship. Do I, I know that, or do I want slash need that? And, and I, I've seen so many times in, in people's lives where they haven't wanted it, and God brought them to a place where they needed it. But God doesn't require us to get to a place of needing it and teaching us lessons through circumstance to get us onto our knees. We can want it. But unless you really want it and you prioritize it, it's another sermon. As I said, I've been to some conferences recently, and, and fortunately for me, uh, the conferences are generally around Christian ed, and they look remarkably like a church service, but there's a kind of a different feel to them. So we, we go along and we pray and we worship, and then we have someone get up and share a word and, and a devotional, and then we hear a, a message of sorts, and then we leave, drink coffee, and congratulate each other on surviving another sermon and find out what we're going to do the next day or the week. But there's a, there's a posture that is different in a conference. And, and the posture is, and I don't know if it's because we pay to go in or there's some new person I've been waiting to hear from or whatever, but the posture is I'm going to this conference because there's something in my professional life that I want to be challenged with. And we sit in seats and we have notebooks and we have cameras that capture the points on the table and we get upset when they move too fast in the slides because we didn't get the photo at the right time or copy anything down. And we're upset because we don't want to miss out on how do we get better in my professional life. And yet sometimes I feel like when I come to church, it's more about having my ego massaged. Listen to sermon, uh, sermon from, you know, Pastor Sheridan or Simon or, or whoever. And, and time and time again, I just see myself ticking off a list and going, yes, I knew that. Yes, I knew that. Yes, I knew that. How amazing am I? I know all these things. But there isn't a posture of leaning in and sometimes a challenging word comes and, 
and you just you hear that challenging word and you go, man, if only Simon was here. He needs to hear this. Man, if only Creston was here. He needs to hear this. But God's speaking to us. But there isn't a posture of, I'm coming today to hear how I can do my professional, my spiritual walk different. There's no photos, there's no notes. And I'm talking to myself as well. Is the posture that we come to church on a Sunday because we, we operate at a head level and we, we get the, the worship to speak to our hearts and the sermon something we endure? Let's pull it together. Know, believe, and leading to action. So we talked about reflection, and and again, I didn't make that up, but it's something we all agreed with. Like, do you know that if you spend time reflecting on what God has done, that I will grow closer to Him? Do I know that? Do you know that? Or do you deeply believe that? Because if you know that, nothing will change in the week. If you desire to grow closer with God, there will be a change of action and behavior that that causes me. You'll be putting in your diary that time, and it won't be because you haven't got time, it'll be because it's a priority. Next point. We know this, but do we? is it in our hearts and does it lead to action with our hands? Like, what could you do this week? What could I do this week? What's your week look like? We've talked about these things. Let's look at a couple of other concepts within our Christian walk. The next one, tithing. Why does God ask us to tithe? Because he thinks we've got spare money to throw around in the church? I don't think that's why he asks us to tithe. I don't think God asks us to tithe so the pastor gets paid. I think the concept of tithing goes way back as a posture between me and God. It's less about serving other people. Of course, it makes helps ministry happen, but it's about do I trust God that he has given me all that I need and there is enough to take back to him and to see his blessing come down. I remember when I was really young, we didn't grow up with a whole lot of money and and I can't remember the context behind it, but my mum invited a couple of our neighbours, Bronwyn and Cheryl, to come to church and they came to church one day. And in that service, 
they saw my mum put money into the bag that went around. Remember those things when you have two handles and everything? It's pretty exciting. And after the, anyway, so, so Sunday came and went. And then about Wednesday, they were over at mum's house and having tea. And, and they're like, I'm, do you think you were really in a position to give money? Like, we know the struggles you've gone through. Why would you give money? Before the conversation was open, uh, finished, I should say, a pastor turned up with, you know how sometimes you give food and stuff like that? With a basket full of food that by far exceeded the money that mum had put into the basket that day. I don't think he did that as a, just as a, here you go, I'll provide your needs. But he was teaching people who didn't even know him. He's a generous God. Does your tithing, does my tithing show a deep belief that God will provide all my needs? Fasting. We were called to fast not long ago. Like, do we really believe that, that fasting is a catalyst for change? Like God calls us to pray, but when, when you look at people in desperate times who are really pushing into who, who God is and needing, needing, needing something from Him, the Bible talks about them praying and fasting. I can only take from that that it's a catalyst beyond all we could dream or imagine. If only we give up some of those desires and needs and even human needs that we have for a time to focus in on Him, that He will take that as a catalyst and He will do more with it than just prayer. So as we finish this series, go home and have a look at Psalm 23. Like, do I, I know the words. I I could read the words and you could say them along with me, couldn't you? But are they saturating our hearts? The Lord is my shepherd and I have all I need. Like, is that something I really believe? Or am I coveting? He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths. Is it something I truly, truly, truly believe? You have to consider this question before we finish. Next slide. Do you know it's good to grow closer to God? Do I know it's good? Yes, we all do. We all know that. Do you want to? Or do you need to grow closer to God? Because if you need to grow closer, whatever you were doing, there'll be a change in behavior coming in. How's your reflecting, your journaling? How's the prayer life? Where's the dusty old Bible? How's the tithing and the fasting? So let's pray together. God, may you stir within us a desire to do more than just know you.
that you would cause us to thirst for understanding of your word, of the great promises that you have for us. God, may we push deeper into you. That we wouldn't just come to church to have our egos affirmed by that which we already know, but that you would cause us to wrestle with your word and to pursue all that you have ordained for us. That you, or that we would not miss the completeness, the flourishing that comes with being grounded in you. We pray, God, that your word would penetrate our heart, would set, or penetrate our head, saturate our hearts, and activate our hands. Let's go into this week with a new plan. But what's one thing, what's one action that you could take this week, that I could take this week, that truly would cause me to go deeper and closer? We're about to head into a a new series at church. And if you're not grounded, look out. I'm serious. Artificial intelligence is there. Like I read three things that artificial intelligence put up for how to grow closer with God. 95% of it was quite biblical. I left out the 5% that wasn't. And unless you're grounded in the Word, you're going to miss it the 5% will become part of your reality and your theology. Just as I close, there's some here and online maybe who, who have heard the words and have known the verse that God so loved the world. Knowing that these Christians in the world and, and knowing that God loves them hasn't believed it. You haven't internalized it to a place that your walk has changed. The way you view the world is through what God has created and ordained. Romans 10, 9 says, if you declare with your mouth, that's the knowledge side of things, that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. That's the action. So if you're here today or online and you have not believed in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, you have an opportunity. So if we could get everyone just bowing their heads as we do one last prayer, and that's for... Actually, I want to do two. I think there's a difference between being a Christian and a disciple. I think they both go to heaven. Don't get me wrong. But I think there's a difference between being a Christian and a disciple. And a disciple is someone who has handed over the priorities and invited God to reprioritize their week, their journey, their passions. So in the silence, if you're a Christian, 
and you want to be a disciple, just tell Jesus. Reflect. Help him, ask him to bring to mind what you could do this week. That would change things for you, that you would be closer, that you would be anchored in his love and his truth.